I'm Health Coach Heather, and you are listening to episode 156, Childhood Obesity. Welcome to the Healthy Families Rule podcast. This podcast is a resource for families who are on a path to optimal wellness, but still aren't able to reach their physical and mental goals. I'm Heather Mitchell, and with over 10 years experience in nutrition and exercise and a certified master health coach, I'm uniquely qualified to help you and your family achieve optimal health. So for the next few minutes, set aside your concerns and learn how you can self-repair your body and mind and experience greater joy in your life. Good morning, my friends. Hope you had a really nice week. I, I know I did. It was a very eventful one. Kids were still out of school. They're last week out of school before Christmas break is over. My husband had his 41st birthday which was fun. I made him a tomahawk steak, a juicy, delicious smoked, I smoked it on the trigger, tomahawk steak. It was awesome. Made a really great meal that night. Um, lots of amazing things, kind of ideas popping in my head all month long about kind of a rebrand or a, redirect, a redirection to focus more on children. And how do we help our children to be their healthiest? Because we're coming into generations now where it's not looking good for them. And I want to share a little bit about that with you today on this podcast episode. And I also want to refer you back over to episode 27, where I talk about your thought work as a parent that you need to do when you have an obese or overweight child. So please go listen to that episode. And I'm going to do everything in my power to convince you that this is important enough that we all need to start doing something about it right now. The childhood obesity crisis is a real public health emergency. Now, I was watching the documentary called The Weight of the Nation, and I'm doing a lot of research right now because I'm back in school trying to go for a bachelor's degree in public health, and I have just a massive amount of reading. And when I was studying these documentaries, you know, it really blew me away, some of these statistics. So listen to this. A child born in 2000 has a one in three chance of having diabetes. And if that child is African-American or Latino, it's a one in two chance. In the 1970s, 5% of our children were overweight or obese, but today it's over 30%. And our biology has changed drastically. So we have to ask the question, what in the world is happening? If we stepped outside, if we were to step outside our bodies and step even outside of the, this earth and just take a good hard look at what's going on, what, what, what is happening? Why are people this way? We would get a big picture and we would see that a lot of it is environmental. Okay. These children are our future and they need us to care because they're going to end up being on dialysis 
in their 30s. It used to be that people who are poorer, didn't have a lot of money, had the higher rates of obesity. But it's not that way anymore. The rates, whether you're rich or poor, are actually evening out. It's a very complex problem. And people need to understand that genetics has a very small effect. Obesity is caused by environment and behavior. 57% of the kids in Philadelphia are overweight or obese. That means that many will die before their parents. So if their parents die at, let's say their parents die at 78 or 80, many of those kids will end up maybe only living into their 60s, maybe early 70s, maybe, maybe way younger than that. They're going to have a lot of problems. But here's the thing. Parents, they start to feel like failures when they see their kids going off in these directions of obesity and and overweight. But they need to understand that there are definitely forces out there working against them. Kids are thrust into a culture that fosters eating at every hour of the day and around every corner of every street that they go on. And it's going to be very important to help protect them from those influences. So, Are your kids having a spike in weight gain? Notice what age they kind of were starting to have a spike in weight gain. What is happening? Well, a lot of it is contributed to not a lot of movement, right? If there's a TV in the bedroom, that's been associated with obesity. And children are exposed to toxic advertising. The food marketing business, which is especially directed at kids in this case, um, it's powerful, it's pernicious, and it's predatory. $1.5 billion is spent per year on food marketing to children. Kids, they start to develop brand loyalty early in life, and it affects their food preferences and their diets. And these are the foods, these are the exact foods that's going to kill them. Teens are targeted by energy drinks, sports drinks, and flavored waters. Between 2004 and 2009, sales of energy drinks increased by 240%. That was back in 2009. We're in 2022 now, 2023, excuse me. I can't imagine where we're at in the sales of energy drinks, but I'm willing to bet everyone listening to this podcast knows of someone who drinks energy drinks or you've got energy drinks in your fridge right now. There's probably a member of your household who likes to drink energy drinks. There is one in mine. It happens. And so parents who have this education and understanding, they might feel like a failure because so much is up against them. But I want to bring you hope about that. It's not all resting on you. There's a lot going on here, but there are things that you can do that I'm going to show you. Sugar-sweetened beverages and juices, juice drinks, they're the largest source of sugar in the diets of children and adolescents. A 12-ounce Coke has 10 teaspoons of sugar in it. 
12 ounces of apple juice has 10 teaspoons of sugar. And one-fifth of teens, that means one out of five teens, drink three or more sugar-sweetened beverages every single day. And it's the equivalent of having an extra meal. So when they are packing in that much sugar and they're not moving at all, or hardly at all, what's happening to that sugar? It's turning into fat in the body. And what happens to the fat in the body? It produces some dangerous environments for our liver and the rest of our organs. And that's when things start to shut down. And that's why we push health, not a skinny body, but maybe a healthy BMI, a healthy body, so that your child doesn't have to go through that. Overweight children, they have an urge to do everything. They want to do things. They want to see things. They want to be somebody in the world. But what do they do? They hide in the back of the room. They feel judged by their peers. And they say to themselves, you know, being fat, being overweight, it really holds you back. If a parent could get into the brain of an overweight child, you would be so heartbroken that you would want to do whatever you could to help this poor sweet child. It's it's not just a matter of trying to tell your child they're good enough and they need to have their own back and learn to love their body where it's at. That all is good and amazing. But you have to step up and do more as a parent to get your child to a healthy place or they're always going to have these feelings about their body They're going to have these feelings about their peers looking at them in this kind of light, no matter what you try to say or do to fix that. It's not going to work. The only thing that's going to work is to get them to a point where, yeah, they can love their body where it's at, but they're also losing the weight they want to lose, looking the way they want to look, because really and truly, we can work on our confidence through our thoughts all day long. But as we're doing that and loving our bodies, We're getting the weight off and we're feeling even more amazing and more confident and it just feels different. It feels good in the body to be in that place. Girls who are overweight have a primary thought that when people are looking at them, their first thought is, this person is fat. They honestly, truly think that. And being an overweight teen or child is definitely holding them back in every way from the things they actually love doing that they maybe don't even know they love doing yet, like dancing, running, hiking, playing sports. Some kids can't even bend down to tie their shoes. They get winded so easily. It's the saddest thing. And this is where we have to step back as parents and go, how, how, what do I do here? What, what have I been doing? And I'm going to show you some things, okay, that you can do. And yes, it's not just about physical appearance. You need to understand that there are significant side effects from being obese and overweight in childhood. In their mid-30s, guess what they're going to have? They'll have full-on chronic liver disease and heart disease. And kids don't like when parents try to really restrict what they're eating. Okay? They don't like that. They find it annoying. So don't go and nag your kid to death about the food that they're eating and try to slap it out of their hand. 
So what is the best way? What do we do? Well, first of all, you have to lead by example. Are you at your healthiest BMI? Do you have weight you'd like to lose? You have to take a good hard look in the mirror. What are your eating patterns like? Are you grazing all day long? Are you drinking soda? Does your kids see you drinking soda and eating chips and junk food? You haven't set the proper example yet for your child to really see and follow like a true example of health, a healthy body, healthy mind. It's not that you can't have a treat and celebrate and have fun here and there. The problem is, is you've let your cravings get out of control too. Then you're not willing to look at that in the mirror and say, you know, maybe I need to invest in some help and have someone really walk me through this myself and have some accountability. I mean, we got to start there. The next thing, only 10% of parents seek medical help for their obese child. Only 10%. This is where we have to do better. Teach children about their bodies and what good health can really do for them. I would really talk up good health to my child. I would show them images of the things people can do when they have a healthy body. Like sit down and have a family night and talk about what good health is. And you don't necessarily need to talk about what bad health is doing to the body. You don't have to do that. Let the doctor do that. You take your child to the doctor, they're going to do plenty of that. They'll show them a dark ring around their neck that means they're insulin resistant. They'll show them graphs and body charts. They'll scan their body so they'll see kind of before and afters or befores. And then if they exercise and get it off, they go back to the doctor. They'll show them an after. That Those images are powerful for kids to take action. Let the doctor do that part. You do the talking up of the good health and how amazing it is to feel healthy. You don't have to be obsessive about it either. But you should have a family council about this. You should talk about this often. All right. So we're going to we're gonna let the doctor do the hard part of showing them the bad stuff. But we're going to show them the good stuff. We'll show them the images of the things people can do with a healthy body. Hiking, dancing, jumping in the air, skiing. You know, all these amazing adventurous things that actually... Heavy and overweight people do want to do. They see people doing it online. They, they might think they don't want to do it, but truly deep down, because I, I, I coach a lot of people on this, deep down, they want to do more stuff. They really do, despite what they might think or say. Like they really want adventure. So we got to show them that, that they, that they can have all those adventures and all those opportunities and that um, a healthy body can get them there. And then we got to show them how food affects behavior, because it might be that your doctor doesn't teach them this, that what you eat is directly correlated to your brain function. And now more than ever, we're seeing more teens that are depressed, suicidal than we've ever seen before. How many of those teens are eating like garbage and not fueling their body the right way? We have to take a good hard look at that first. Okay. And teach your kids that the brain can actually find balance with a nutritious, healthy diet and exercise and just really taking proper care of it. So show them how food affects behavior and don't single any one person out in the family. 
You probably have one person in your family, but don't single any one person out. Just sit them all down. Teach them all about this. Tell them your new family plan is to get everyone more active. And you're going to do that by possibly scheduling more activities as a family weekly, two or three days a week. Maybe you go out and play some flag frisbee or or whatever, you know, some ultimate frisbee or some um, tossing the ball and running around. And you could even do that. Now for me and my family, we wanted to give our kids confidence. We wanted to give them some self-defense. We wanted to give them a good skill. And so we knew jujitsu was the way because that was more of a, of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's more contact one-on-one on the ground, rolling around. There's a lot more physical fitness going on in jujitsu than there is in karate, but we wanted to give our kid that. And so our kids, both of them. So we sat them both down and we said, look, you guys aren't totally active and I don't have like super active wanting to be active kids. So I have to put in the effort as the parent to make it happen for them. And Grant and I sat them down and said, you're going to do this for a year. Let's go show you what it's like to do jujitsu. And they saw it and it looked hard. And I think part of them like at first was nervous, but also excited. And they just committed and they said, okay, we'll, we'll try it for a year. It's been about six months, seven months now. (laughs) They, they're getting a lot better. They can do a lot more moves and maybe some tap outs on people and things like that. But they still struggle. Like every time it's time to go or every day comes, they're like, oh, we don't want to go to jujitsu. Like they literally try to get out of it every single time. And I have to be the parent that's like, no, we're going, we have to do it. We're doing it. We're committed. We're paying for this and we're going and you have till May and we're doing this. And so, you know, it's just come down to the point where we just have to do it. We go. And if, if they don't, if they choose not to go and they're fighting me too hard, they don't get electronics that day. They don't get something they want, like sitting down in front of the TV and watching it if they don't go to jujitsu. Like you do have to step up as a parent. We can't be so passive and be like, well, they don't really want to. And I want to honor the things that they want to do. Listen, a, a child's brain isn't even fully developed till 25, 30 years old. Of course, they don't want to do the hard thing. We have to help them do the hard thing. Go read the Warrior Kid book series with them. Read the Warrior Kid books. Go get them. Jocko. Okay. Jocko wrote those books. And as you read those books together, you're going to have a totally different mindset as a parent on how you probably could be raising your child, but also your child's going to have a totally different perspective on, on what it means to be more disciplined and work hard and what they get out of that, that what they get out of that is so much more than what they have to put in. I promise. So you got to do the hard thing as a parent and really get your kids out there. If they're not movers and they don't want to move and they'd rather be sitting and playing video games, you've got to be the one to, to help them get out there and move more. So that's, a, that's one of the things we don't single any one person out in the family. We just sit them down and tell them all the new family plan to get everyone more active and to feed them healthier meals. And this is where you as a parent are going to have to step up and do more meal planning in the early week for the next week. What am I going to feed my family? And talking about feeding your family, why don't you have some fun themed dinner nights using healthier options? If you have a comfort food night, 
use some healthier ingredients for the comfort food night. Make some gluten-free stuff. Um, start there, right? Start replacing your seed oils with some good healthy oils, healthy fats. That's big. Start replacing your wa- your your drinks and juices with just water. We're going to talk about that, okay? Um, but that's what I would do. Teach kids how to read labels. Have a family night where you teach kids how to really read labels. You're going to need to learn how to read them yourself. How are you going to do that? You're going to go onto YouTube, type in Flav City, F-L-A-V-C-I-T-Y, and then that's it. His channel will come up. It's all about reading labels. You're going to learn how to read. You're going to get so good at reading labels. You're going to teach your kids what to look for and what to um, avoid when reading a label. And then once you kind of learn this during a family night or a skill, so it's going to take some time on your part, parent, to learn how to read labels yourself and what these bad ingredients are so that you can teach it to your family. If you don't have the time to do that, just watch one of one or two of his videos together and then pull some things out of your pantry and see if you can't find the bad ingredients that he probably mentions on some of your items you've got. I would go through a pantry analysis with your kids after you teach them how to read labels and start ditching some of that stuff. So you know what? This is not good for us. And then you have to stop. You just have to stop buying the junk food and keeping it in the home. Kids will sniff it out and find it anywhere. So just stop buying it. This means we start with beverages. Let's get rid of all the sodas and all the juices. And maybe on the weekend, you might you might pull a bottle of juice out if you want to. I'm not saying this has to go away forever, but every day they should not be drinking soda and juice. We have to find a better way for these kids. At least educate them. And if they, they're finding a way to get it themselves and go to the store and get it themselves, it's on them. It's not on you because you're not bringing it in and you're teaching them to do better. Now you might bring it in once in a while, but it's a very, very, very sometimes food. Okay, hope I made myself clear on that. Okay, I want you to go back and listen to podcast episode 27 because it's going to help you, mom and dad, work on your thoughts around all of this, around having an overweight or obese child. So go listen to that episode. I want you to start making healthy after-school snack boards for your kids because they're the most hungry when they get off that bus or get home from school. And you're going to have a whole beautiful charcuterie board of just amazing healthy things that they can look at, see the colors, smell it, pick at, and it's going to be quick and easy for you to throw together. If you work, if you're a working parent, throw this board together before you even go to work. Put some, put some plastic wrap around it to keep it fresh and just tell your kids your after-school snacks are on the snack board. Just pull it out when you get home and you're not to eat anything else until the snacks on that board are gone. And just keep teaching them that. Okay. I just keep teaching my kids that. And if you want to learn how to make a healthy snack board, look no further than my website, healthcoachheather.com. At the bottom, I have a free seven-page PDF download for you on making healthy after-school snack boards with pictures. And then you can even come to my Instagram page because I'm posting snack boards there all the time. I even have a storyboard just for snack boards. And you can just look and see how I've thrown some snack boards together for my kids. That'll be really helpful for you. Get the snack boards going. 
um, because it acts basically like dinner for them. And that's when they're the most hungry. So for my kids, it's about three or four o'clock. I pull out that board. They don't really eat a big meal at nighttime, which I don't want them doing anyway. We're in such this culture of eating huge meals at night, but that's really hard on the body to digest, especially when you're trying to sleep and you want to rest. So your kids will even sleep better when they don't have a full stomach of food right before they go to bed. Okay. So that's what I would do. Um, is those things. So, so let's kind of uh, do a recap here of what to do. If you have an obese child, okay, you're going to seek medical help. Go to a doctor. Let them let them talk about the hard stuff and, and put the images and, and information in your kid's brain about, you know, the dangers of being obese. Let them do that part. But you teach your children about their bodies and what good health can really do for them. You're going to talk up health and show them images of all the things people can do with a healthy body. Show them how food affects their behavior. Don't single any one person out in the family. Just sit them down. Tell them your new plan. Teach your kids how to read labels. Go through a pantry analysis with your kids. And see if they can spot the ingredients on labels that aren't good for them. Stop buying junk food altogether except for maybe on a weekend or here and there, you can bring something fun in. But we start with beverages. We take the sugary beverages out. Those are the, those are the most offenders to adding calories and disease to, to people in general. You make healthy after-school snack boards and you have fun-themed dinner nights using healthier options for maybe a comfort food night or an Italian night. You try to use some healthier options like your hearts of palm pasta, They have that at Trader Joe's Um, and I'm seeing it at at other grocery stores too. Also zucchini noodles. Okay. There's so many amazing other options. And if their kids won't eat either of those, just try getting a pasta. That's like a red lentil pasta or a chickpea pasta. They don't really know the difference. Once you put some, you know, your healthy marinara sauce on it and some fresh mozzarella cheese, they're not going to know if you're making a spaghetti. But, but, but try to swap out your junky stuff. Do your food swaps, okay, for healthier, healthier stuff. And this is what you're going to do. This is where you're going to start. You go back and listen to episode 27 of the Healthy Families Rural podcast. And then what I would do is I would sign them up for some coaching calls with me. Um, Mom and dad, we can do some coaching calls too, but... I want to help kids get healthier and get coached around these issues. This is very important stuff and it's not being talked about as much as it could or should be being talked about. We are the ones. It is completely on us to help these children. They are our future and they need us to care. They need us to care. Even if your children are healthy and they're thriving, look around. There's so many kids who aren't, and they need us to care enough to help educate them and love them and just wrap our arms around them and show them that there's a better way to live, okay? All right. If you're a parent who feels like a failure, don't. It's, you're up against a lot of things, a lot of marketing, a lot of just the way society is, okay? 
just know that you get to control the food you bring in with your money into your home. And you get to control things by setting the example for your child. Just being an example of health yourself. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Did you enjoy this podcast episode on childhood obesity? Look, if you are struggling with a child who has obesity or know somebody who is, do you mind sharing this podcast with them? Send them to my website, healthcoachheather.com to get some coaching calls, to get some help around this issue. A lot of times we as parents just don't know where to start and don't know what to do. And coaching can really, really help. So I appreciate you listening to this podcast episode. Copy, paste it, post it in your Instagram, Facebook stories. Tag me in it. Let me know what you liked about it. And I hope that you do something to help our community of children who are out there suffering with obesity to get them healthier.